1: If she was the princess and legend of Zelda, I would simply waste time doing side quests, rather than beat the game.
2: (laughs) What? Come on to the rock show! Come on to the people's show! Come on to the premiere show! Smackdown!
1: It's the 3rd of August, the year of our Lord 2000. Craig David's Seven Days is number one the UK charts.
2: Yeah, what a banger! the one that goes, there you go. for a drink on Tuesday. We are making love on Wednesday. And on Thursday Friday and Saturday we chilled on Sunday. What a busy man that Craig David is!
1: Absolutely. The 2021 version is Stayed Inside on Monday messenger on Tuesday, didn't do anything on Wednesday, (laughs) or on Thursday, or on Friday, or on Saturday, chilled on
2: Sunday, and
1: then did nothing on Sunday, (laughs) the perfect storm wipes out not only the coast of Atlantic Canada, but also Stuart Little from the top of the UK box office, so it is by far my favourite film of 2000. The 1st of August, the launch of the ITN News Channel. It is a joint venture between ITN and NTL. It closed in 2005, so well done for lasting as long as WCPW.
2: Oh, bless them. They always try to branch out into these these big news productions, did ITN. The, the, it was similar with... They've done many things like that. This is one of their many failed projects, so support, I support that.
1: Absolutely. They were going to announce the... Debut of the (laughs) IFL Football League, (laughs) but real. And Vincent cruelly stole their thunder. And the biggest news this week, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, celebrates her 100th birthday. In the same week, Radio 1 Breakfast Show presenter Sarah Cox is reprimanded after saying live on air that the Queen Mother... Smelt of wee.
2: (laughs) Oh, Sarah Cox. She was fine, though. She bounced back. She's on radio, too, these days.
1: Yeah, Sarah Cox hasn't been heard from since,
0: though.
1: (laughs) And that (laughs) sets the scene for the thing we're here for. That's right. An hour and a bit of knob jokes, obscure British TV. Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, what was happening in the world of wrestling In the world of SmackDown in this time, in the year 2000, the questions that, that haven't been asked but we'll get answer anyway can only be found here, right here, and only here on the Coltonic Classic SmackDown review. I am kind of awake, Matthew Gregg, joined by always awake, always working, finger on the pulse, Mr. Tom Campbell. How hey, the hell I, are you,
2: I wasn't awake last week because uh, the the absence from your pod catchers of a SmackDown review that's on me. Last week, because I woke up and I had a terrible migraine, and I'm normally the sort of person, and and, and Matthew has has told me off for this for many occasions. I'm the sort of person that would happily just crack on through, like stuff like that. And I just had to throw the towel at about nine o'clock in the morning after I'd watched Raw from (laughs) from the night before. What a gift that was! And uh, after I did a news podcast, I went. You know what? I think I'm done for the day. I don't think I'm going to be much use to anybody. So uh, I had to cancel all my endeavours, including having a chat with, with Matthew and talking about Smackdown. So apologies for last week and, and the absence in your podcast provision. That was on me. We're back this week. All is fine. I haven't got the the, the cove. I'm fine. I haven't got that. I just had a migraine. I'm back. It's all good. We're back with the, game the ill behaviour. I'm going to stop talking once I say thank you to Matthew Gregg for the lovely birthday present that you got me because I've not thanked you on uh, on recording yet. It was a, an old copy of Retro Gamer, which was lovely. It had a feature on Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And I don't know how you kept it this mint condition. It was, a, it was a copy of Go, which was a handheld video games magazine, which all about handheld video games from off of the 90s. And it was a special edition featuring a, a report on the impending Sonic 1 for the Game Gear and WWF WrestleMania challenge on the Game Boy. <laughs> It was a lovely read. So thank you, mate. It was very kind of you. Only because you're worth it, Tom. How are you, my friend? Enough enough about me. How are you? Oh,
1: no, no, I can't get enough of you, Tom. There's uh, Like everybody <laughs> else, we're, I'm far more interested in hearing about people talk about themselves than being rem- reminded about my own boring life right now. Um, <laughs> I'm coping. I've managed to have my weekly walk with friends. Got two of them on the go now. And I guess I was going to have one with yourself this week, but... A quick glance out the window says we might have to piss that one off because it's (laughs) snowing horribly. So, but it's a good time for it to be snowing horribly because, you know, there's nothing open.
2: Can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. If if you're going to give us torrential snow from Storm Darcy, do it now where we've got bugger all else to do. Yeah, if it can leave at the end of the month, that would be grand. Yes, please. That would be amazing.
1: The only negative really is just... Having this abject uh, lethargy, lethargy, I can't I decide how to Feeling sleepy all the time on account of not going anywhere or doing anything. And also not eating, I don't think as properly as I should be, because I'm looking at it going, well, I'm not, why would I eat anything big? I'm not going to do anything. And mm-hmm. as a result, I think my body's just in uh, airplane mode. <laughs> so I'll get that fixed, hopefully. but. That is the major inconvenience of my life. I got verified on Twitch. I filled out the form.
0: It's probably sorted out.
1: Now I need to make a custom emote, which looks like at this stage it's going to be that one picture of me smacked off me tits in Amsterdam. (laughs) uh...
2: Could you have that? Use that. And then whenever you get a new follow, it's just a soundbite of you going, you're all right there, pal. (laughs) And have that come up in the corner. That'd be amazing. If I do, it'll have to be you or
1: somebody else doing an impression of me because it's alarming how accurate people are with novels. How are you, my voice. How
2: you doing, pal? Bigger than Wigan. Oh, my how God. I, Bigger
1: than Wigan. The first time I heard that, I went, has that bastard recorded me and just inserted <laughs> that there. Has he kept recording of me for years? Yes. Just to drop in at this exact
2: moment, and no, one, Tom, you, that that could be you.
1: You could logically do that. <laughs> I, do
2: you know what? I wouldn't put it past me to do such to do such an awful thing. Well, what, I'm glad you wouldn't you, put um, it past yourself. What are you streaming on Twitch right now? Well, not right now. I'm with you, but when I'm not talking, but Tom, I am going through Earthbound. And that how are you finding it? All these years on from when it first came out, does it hold up? I'd
1: think so, because of how influential it's been. And well, most most notably Undertale, uh, giving you that weird little RPG vibe. It definitely helps. For example, there's uh I think eight or so big bosses around. You have to get the eight melodies. I like give or take, it's a bit like I'm saying I'm not used to the game. And the first one you find, they put the enemy sprite behind the big boss. So it'll start it will start getting healed. And obviously, you'll be like, wait, wait, where's that enemy at? And it's behind it. It's just little stuff like that. Go, oh, you cheeky bastard, you're trying to hang your healer behind you. Oh, okay. Uh, the dialogue is amazing. Uh, the artwork I love. The music is exceptional. It's just a weird little game that I've heard about. And I'm at that stage now where I've told people, look, I've long since put games like, I don't know, Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger into the forever back burner. Oh, when I get the time to play it. Like, when the, when am I going to get the bloody time to play a bloody JRPG from years ago? It's going to take up forever time. Some sort of epidemic to destroy half the planet and take away the ability to see friends and family would have to do that. And would you believe it? So uh, I'm going to have to actually say what I was going to do, which always sucks if it's something like this. But yeah, currently Earthbound is the game I'm doing. And also meeting up with some other lads, including Psycho Fox, ex-Walk Culture lad, and uh, V1, OSW and some American,
0: oh, um, oh, uh, to a, play do- some
1: random games. And none of them work, None what? of them work. two for two for non-working. First of all, Scott Pilgrim versus The World, the online multiplayer, is untouched from 2014. Which sadly means that the exact same problems that happened all those years ago are still there. It's crap online, it doesn't sync up at all. So I'm like, oh, wonderful, you know. Uh, and here one has been Gang Beasts, which absolutely refuse to do anything despite possibly having less detail in it than earthbound so it's been fun for some i guess maybe three people (laughs) i've just been there going god
2: it's all the great learning curve curve of doing twitch though isn't it that's the fun of learning uh, getting your head around twitch is what works what doesn't and what people what your audience likes and what it doesn't like that's part of the journey (laughs)
1: My audience likes me in pain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Most I find a lot of audiences like it when the other person the person they're watching is suffering. but I think that yes. lends itself to us as a society you know that's why that's why crime and murder podcasts are always the highest rated podcast. That's why Netflix top 10 is always story of a killer serial killer right. John with not our John another John um, on <laughs> it's that sort of thing that morbid schadenfreudist curiosity that we have with watching people have a horrible time
1: and you know what i'm exactly the same so who am i to judge (laughs) so yeah there's been twitch i'm looking all right i've grown my hair long that was hard i did nothing i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it it. i've I've never put less effort into my appearance so people think i look gorgeous it's a weird (laughs) feeling and i miss everybody including yourself tom which is why i love the fact that we get the meet up as per work requirements to talk absolute twaddle about that little weird thing from 2000 um is it wrestling Rest- but you know what tom i just can't understand what's happening i the, the 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 canvas is blank right now i need someone to paint me a picture of what wrestling looked like around this time do
2: you know anybody oh sadly i don't matey oh well that's the end of the podcast <laughs> I'll have a go if you want. Oh, go on then, Tom. <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, um, we've got company today, by the way. I-, I found a new thing that Pablo likes. So I'm going to send Pablo you... Pablo's pic- a cat, by the way. If the good- oh, yeah. Sorry for uh, the Cold hot Multiverse. Pablo is my cat. Um, I found a new thing that he likes. I've sent you a picture of it. And um, I found this video online. of uh, I found this thing called Videos for Cats Online. And it's a, a little tree stump with some bird seed on and it's just rolling footage of birds landing on it and feeding uh, from this from this tree stump and Pablo is obsessed with this video I put it on from yesterday and he was glued to it and this morning when I came into the office the spare room he saw me come in. He jumped straight up and stood next to the monitor. And went, "Can I have the birds back on, please? It's time to watch my shows." And I'm ve- I'm very cautious. And and before Alex left for work today, my good my good lady, she said, "Can you please make sure he doesn't have too much screen time?"
0: Ah. <laughs> but you then get
2: fat. And I and I realise now I'm that parent because so I've just gone look, it keeps him happy. I'm just going to put the TV on. <laughs> I've become that parent. But he's. Uh, he hasn't watched it since this morning, so I've put it on for him whilst me and you are chatting SmackDown, and uh, he's having a lovely time. He's currently watching a squirrel and a bird, and he's only he's only jabbed at the monitor four times so far, so that's good.
1: That is tremendous. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture you sent me now. Thank you very much. By the way, what <laughs> is that? Do you
2: have a woolen hat for your microphone? Oh, that's a sock on the end of my microphone. <laughs> what? Ah, it's a sock. It works. Radio professional Tom Campbell has a sock on his microphone. I've got a mic. I've got a custom mic muff on the way, and in the meantime, this is doing the job. <laughs>
1: Annoyingly, you sound way better than me.
2: <laughs> Some sock. It's a blue Yeti mic with a with with one of a, a one from a pair of one pound ten socks.
1: <laughs> All right, Gordon. I've made a. Filet mignon. <laughs> covered it in Fantastic. ketchup. Fantastic. And I'm, I'm covered it in ketchup. <laughs> A
2: bit of daddies. Just sucked all over it. Sucked daddies. What? Um, oh. <laughs> hey, look. Let's talk about wrestling. Because <laughs> we're now 17 minutes into this. Uh, I want to say bollocks. So I will bollocks. And uh, we haven't started on the wrestling yet. So we should. So... Matthew Gregg is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown on the road to SummerSlam, of all places. I want to give you a little painting of the wrestling world uh, as it stands. We lost uh, a great voice in the wrestling world this particular week. Gordon Soli has passed away at the age of 71. The NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a picture of sartorial splendor. Not my words, the words of Gordon Solie. He's also the guy that came up with so many of wrestling's great tropes and isms. You know, this is where, you know, is he's, he's where JR gets a lot of his stuff from. You know, he's not quick, he's sudden. Lines like that. He came up with the idea of the Crimson Mask. He was the one mm. one of the first wrestlers that, that ushered one of the first commentators that ushered the phrase Crimson Mask.
1: The competitor there wearing the Crimson Mask. Oh, yeah, he had such it's one of those voices you associate with that period of wrestling commentary. It's like also almost like a Howard Cassell in boxing. That era is like you hear that voice almost instinctively. The Gordon Soley, those expressions you just said. Yeah, shades of Wilbur Snyder there and the abdominal stretch. And my favorite Gordon Soleyism, I think many people would say the same, is summing up Terry Funk, Ric Flair match with uh, five words. Oh Christ. Five letters, two words. I quit. Yeah, that's a hell of a line. So, oh, gives you the chills. <laughs> so yeah, gone solely, uh, passing away. He was booked and announced to do Heroes of Wrestling commentary. Thank God he couldn't do it, because that would have been a horrendous way of remembering such amazing talent. And thankfully, one of the last worst things we remember him doing on TV was trying to interview RoboCop
2: at Capital Combat 90 bless him. god rest you gordon Soly. Uh, some moving and shaking from wcw bobby heenan has been taken off the road he'll be doing uh some to camera stuff but otherwise his role in wcw will uh, diminish from here on in uh they've released kathy dingman already formerly bb in the wwf set to play the role of papaya uh, as the the valet for the kiwi, that's not happening. Uh, WCW sources claim that her fiance Bob Holly didn't want her taking the job, and again, Bob Holly has got a record to say we're not together. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's it's, as hey look denial isn't just a river in egypt (laughs) Ah. i love that line (laughs) he's really like it's funny how so many like not just dave but other sources say like oh they're an item and bob's they're going we're not together (laughs) god damn it hey nora greenwald has been released from WCW as well. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, we'll see where she lands. I think there's something quite intriguing coming up with her on the other side of things. And uh, it's not not a massively busy week in wrestling, so I want to end on uh, on this little bit as well. The Superstars of Wrestling Tour has officially got underway. We talked about it last time we were together. Uh, got oh. some details of the show that took place on the 28th of July. Uh, it already, it, it's a car wreck, mate. It's it's a it's a car, like, like we're surprised, <laughs> like it's a shock that this is an absolute nightmare. Dennis Rodman was th- flown to Australia a week before the show in order to do publicity. <laughs> but he partied very hard as soon as he landed in Australia. So much so, he missed all his media appearances. <laughs> on the day of the show (laughs) on the day of the show on the 28th there was an autograph session he didn't make it he was literally had one thing to do right okay he was meant to do a week of press then an autograph session and then run in during the main event he missed the whole week of press he missed the autograph session he's got the run in to do that's the, that's the one other thing he has to do today, right? He didn't arrive in the building until until after the match that he was meant to run in on, the bell had sounded to end it. <laughs> So he ran in after the bell, <laughs> got into the building, and went, Dennis, for God's sake, just go straight out. <laughs> so the planned finish of Hennig versus Brutus uh to determine the first champion of this <laughs> wrestling division uh involved dennis rodman coming up midway through the match to attack hennig this will lead to a match between them and uh and it would have down down the way rodman as it turned out arrived late he came in time just to, just in time to run out after the match was over uh greg valentine and john Tenta, aka earthquake both be meant to be part of the tour both cancelled uh with a week to go uh Public Enemy were there. The Road Warriors were there. Both teams looked very out of shape throughout the entire thing. Didn't win over many friends. The show on the 30th of July was their biggest show. Because although this is a hot mess, this is doing good numbers in Australia. 10,000 people turned up on July the 30th to see Kurt Hedig versus Dennis Rodman. Right? Um, Hennig and Rodman, according to Dave, actually had the best match of the show in Sydney, ending with what was described as a lame finish when both guys punched the ref after five minutes. Hennig played heel, but the fans booed Rodman, so they did a double turn. (laughs) Just a... What are your memories of of this show in Australia? I mean, I watched it like everybody else. It was like the DVD release of
1: Rodman Down Under... Which for some reason in tape trading communities was only available with German audio. So even though you can see Ted to be and somebody else commentating, you know, Ted to be and like, oh great, okay, cool. But I don't think even with English audio they would have made the watching experience more palatable. I like the fact that somebody's written, obviously Dave. They were cheering for Henning and Booing Rodman, so they did a double turn. Like it's Austin Hart. <laughs> Bloody hell. And you can tell how insane. If me and Tom, put, not putting over wrestling, the popularity of all the crossovers, uh, UPN, Shasta McNasty stuff that's going on in the world, like wrestling is so hot right now that Dennis Rodman could fly to Australia, not even be asleep for the uh, press stuff and they still draw 10,000 people to watch it. I also like, it's probably not around anymore, but there used to be audio of Dennis Rodman calling a (laughs) press... Dennis Rodman calling a press conference. I don't know what year, late 90s, maybe early 2000s. He called one, and he clearly forgot why he called it. So he just rumbles, and all the press are going, why are we here? (laughs) He's like, listen, listen, man, listen, listen. People have been saying stuff about me. This is the time to get real. And he's just vagaries and just, you know, filler sentences, Tom. You know how it is, like a politician. All these people these... go, <laughs> why are we here? Why have you come? Why have you announced us here? And he's like, yeah, look, look, listen, listen. All right, over. And it just leaves. It is the greatest. But yeah, these a star of Double Team, uh, Dennis Rodman. <laughs>
2: Absolutely amazing! Absolutely amazing! What a dream! What a dream! I love that they're
1: saying Public Enemy and Laser Doom showed up, and they didn't look in great shape. What shape are they supposed to be? (laughs) The Public Enemy were only one shape in their entire career, and that was round. (laughs) And the Road Warriors are pushing forty. I mean, and the you know they're off the juice by this point. Like, I went, Dave. Oh, the Road Warrior showed up in no state. Well, wow, that, that's his tour cancelled.
2: <laughs> so that's the rest of the news this week. Matthew, talk us through this episode of Smacketh Downeth, please. How am I supposed to follow that?
1: <laughs> Dramatic recap Triple H dramatically apologizes to his beloved wife, Stephanie. He is, like OJ Simpson, 100% innocent. There's nothing between him and Trish, and there never will be. Stephanie forgives the smartest man in the world and they kiss. Fo- 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 Foley comes out crying his eyes. Like, we're talking Gaza after getting sent <laughs> off levels of crying out. Like, ridiculous levels. Foley's had it with them and books a husband and wife tag match for Raw. Triple H has Trish apologised to Steph and she accepts it until Trish leaves and Steph... Full of insults for poor Trish. Like all women folk, am I right? Lads, 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 lads,
2: lads, lads, lads. It's always the woman's fault, isn't it, when the bloke's being rude? Exactly. Why is that the
1: case? Women women are always nice to each other, and as soon as they turn their backs, they're there to put a knife in it. Lads, 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 (laughs)
0: lads. Oh, God.
1: Triple H shows off the submission moves. He was teaching Trish on Stephanie to show that there's absolutely nothing between him and Trish until the accident he calls Stephanie Trish.
2: (gasps) Oh, no! There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than when you get a slip of the tongue like that when you call somebody the wrong thing or when you get your words mixed up and your your accidental true intentions come out. There was a, a famous moment where a mate of mine said to his wife, pass the cornflakes. At least he meant to say that, but it came out as, you stupid bitch, you've ruined my life. It's the worst thing when that happens.
1: That joke... (laughs) That joke was told when Gordon Soley was 10. I think Gordon Soley came up with it. (laughs) Two words, 11 letters. That sucked.
0: Cornflakes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie McMahon goes, bloody hell, I think the three wise men brought... Gold, myrrh, and that joke to Jesus, <laughs> and
2: leaves the building out of, out of pure disgust. <laughs> Steph doesn't know good a, a good joke. <laughs>
1: Triple H tries to get it back but Steffi goes that joke's so old that wouldn't main event Raw in 2021 and Triple H goes I'm confused it's 2000 she
2: goes oh yeah sorry that joke's so old it might get a title run this year
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mick Foley is feeling extra dickish and books (laughs) Trish Stratus as Steffi's replacement in this husband and wife tag match so Triple H begrudgingly, teams of Trish Stratus. And they lose to the Rock and Lita after Trish tastes Lita's moonsault. Also, Rock twats Triple H with a chair after the match and Triple H falls onto dead Trish and they 69 each other to end the show. And in case you couldn't guess that Triple H was booking things, Raw ends with him 69ing a hot blonde.
2: (laughs) That's gotta be trips.
1: <laughs> yeah, but what something a... like this.
2: <laughs> what a compromising situation.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're I getting can't... started
2: on the pre with the pre-team. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. What a misunderstanding. And there was Jr. there was Jerry Lawler on commentary going, oh, my God, if Steph's watching Raw, she's going to be livid. Surely if Steph is a reasonable human, she'll go, that's my husband isn't deliberately doing a, a, a wine and dine in 69 with, with Trish Stratus. He's clearly been hit in the back with a chair and fallen that way. I'm, I'm letting that go. Surely <laughs> there's no intent
1: there. Even better than that was Jim Ross loudly exclaiming, I hope Stephanie isn't watching The Warzone right now. God, it would have been funny if she's watching Nitro instead. <laughs> <laughs> and she misses Triple H and Trish because she's watching Sting getting attacked and shoved into the kiss coffin by the demon, which is what was happening on the other show, in case you were wondering. Stay tuned for the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Watch Along. <laughs> Between me and Andrew, who is slowly taking over everything. <laughs>
2: You mentioned the um you mentioned the watch along that we did with Andrew. Oh god. Are the podcast on. this week? Go on. I I, me thought, out misery. I thought you'd picked up on his gag <laughs> at the beginning. I thought you picked up on it and you play and and you were playing along. See, Tom.
1: When you don't know someone that well and they say something dumb, you don't know if they're being dumb or not. You just think they're dumb. <laughs> so, when a lad who works for holic and not triple jump as I assumed because that's all the interaction we have and you go Joe, you know what happened to Chris Benoit and he goes no you, you think he's telling the truth because he knows <laughs> about video games and stuff <laughs> he what was... happened to Chris Benoit you tell him and he's like oh good and then he's like what, what, what was the first role you saw well I know Rodney Mac Rodney Mac you know Rodney Mac you never know Benoit no Wow, great chemistry between Matthew and Andrew in this watch along. I thought
2: it was. You fucked
1: uh... me.
2: I thought we were all having a lovely time. Matthew, you're such a good actor. You really convinced people that you're dumb as hell. God, God bless you, Math. You have oh. had you have had a week and a half with with, <laughs> with stuff like this because I I I did I did listen to the pod the cultaholic wrestling podcast this week, and not only was there that misunderstanding with Andrew, which I which I wasn't and I was in the room. And I wasn't aware of it. But then, Getting Get in. Calling, calling oh, Kayla no. Ross's mum. Look. <laughs> oh, God oh. love you, mate. God love you. God I'm love you. I'm bad with you. names
1: at the best of times. God it's something you. that has always followed me. It's, it's I've no... I try and work around it, but I just suck with names. Faces I'll never forget. But... When we're talking about members of the podcast, uh, unofficial people who ring in, the fact that my mum messaged me at least three times a bloody week about the podcast. When he said that name, and I'm like, who's Kayla? And it just went out of me. And I did that thing that you never do, kids. If you don't know the answer to something, don't guess. Guess with passion. Guess with passion. (laughs) Guess with commitment. So I just expected to be Ross's mum. And it wasn't Ross's mum, it was Ross's girlfriend, I mean, like... who I've met. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. And then Ross gave My mum asked me, like, why are you always picking on Jack? And I explained to her, look, this is what lads do. I'm more of a friend to Jack than Ross, so I take the piss out of Jack more, because that's what friends do. I don't really know Ross that well. We don't hang out outside of work. We don't message each other or talk about our days at rise. We're just different people. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Which is why I had the fear get up me when I messed this up. Because I'm like, oh, God, I can do that with Jack and it's all right. But doing that with Ross, like, I'm expecting to find a horse's head in my bed. Or, you know, puppet Jack's head at this point, I guess. But no, so far, Ross has been very understanding. Based on the fact that he hasn't spoken to me since. <laughs>
2: uh, hey, look, he, and he's he having a week off, angry. so he's...
1: it could have come at a better time. Like, so did he take the Oof. week
2: off because of the comments? I no, know.
1: don't, 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 <laughs> no, don't be adding that. No, no, I do not like this narrative at all,
2: mate. Honest to God, honest to God, if I was in the same position as you, I would have, I, I would have changed my name and. I would to have made an educated Gibraltar. guess. I'd have made an educated guess and gone. It's either going to be his mum or his girlfriend. So I'm going to choose one, and I'm going to commit to the answer. So fair play to you unfortunately the, the numbers were not in your favor on that occasion but i admire you for having a punt at, 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 at who kayla was and committing to it with such a gusto i admire you for that mate i absolutely admire you. the the the, the balls same way that i i i spoke to somebody years ago who i went to school with i was adamant their name was chris we spent a good hour talking in a group. I kept calling his, him Chris. At the end, he went, my name's John, by the way. Oh, I thought I thought I had enough knowledge to know his name was Chris. <laughs> I'd got it wrong the whole day. And, and that's so it happens. It's committing to the bit. And I admire you for committing to the bit. <laughs> Ross is I have done Hall
1: that so many times, Tom, <laughs> that it's almost instinctive that they say my name's John actually and I go ah but I call you Chris that's my name for you that's a nickname the amount of times I used to be look so if I meet you in real life and you go we've met before and I'm like oh who is this (laughs) I'm like cool and you don't tell me your name I'm gonna be like oh how you doing mate
2: (laughs) the amount of times at north and uh, when we go back in when, when the earth was cool um well, we had live crowds at places. i was go to North Wrestling. I swear, every week, or every time there'd be a show, I'd have it in a moment where I'd where somebody come up, shake my hand, give me a hug. Remember hugs? And uh, I'd chat to them for a bit, and I'd say, "I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name." And they'd go, "It's so and so. We spoke last time." I'm whoa, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, that's great
1: for you, Tom. You don't speak to like everybody who enters the building. I speak to everybody in that building. bloody <laughs> hell. <laughs> You like the, you like Prince Charles, jolly good, jolly good. And what do you do? <laughs>
2: and what do you do?
1: You stack up piles of shit.
2: Fantastic! Hey, what a I good bet job. The Best piles of shit. <laughs> oh, we... jolly good. At the end of North, going forward, when we get back to normal, I'd like everybody in a line so I can meet them at the end. That you know what? That would be. <laughs> like mint, actually. What the performance?
1: <laughs> and you, will be oh, but bloody hell, Tom! The people who go to NCL what do you do nothing (laughs) jolly good jolly good what do you do nothing as well wow some stiff competition here there won't be enough nothing to go around after you (laughs) lot have been through it
2: (laughs) to be honest with you after the year we've had i think when we get back to north there will be there will be quite a few people that'll go to, to, to play up your your line there nothing but i also have a podcast (laughs) that will be the thing i saw your tweet yeah thank you for saying it tom because there's
1: been a bunch of people who have said why don't you do a Botchamania podcast i'm like well it has to stand out no we can just talk me and you our opinions on friggin the snyder cut the world of wrestling that's all you need i'm like no mate i'm not a podcast king but i know you need a bit more of a twist than that no, want, no, you... it'll be all right. We'll do two episodes and never speak to each other again. It'll be grand. I'm like, god!
2: <laughs> and they, what, do you you do? what do you do? What do what do you do? I'll give you the stat that the, the, the tweet the Matthew's mentioning there. Uh, it comes we from will char... get to wrestling
1: eventually people who no, watch it. No go much. ahead, Tom.
2: Uh, it comes from uh, Marcus Bush, uh who is uh, who writes a really lovely newsletter called Understanding TikTok, and it's all about like subculture and social media culture and stuff like that. And uh, he revealed via Chartable. 885,262 podcasts were launched in 2020. 17,000 new podcasts per week launched in 2020. I, this is half why, of them are Tom. Half of them are mine, to be fair. Um, I, I, I don't know who's doing the other five. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, that, this is this is the point I made on Twitter was this is why, like, if you're one of those people that go, oh, I'm starting a podcast with me and my mate just, just chatting about stuff, that ain't going to fly anymore. Like, the market is... It's not just oversaturated now. The market is, is, is flooded and there are lives in danger. Quick, put the sandbags down um, of podcasts. And if you're going to do something, you've got to do something that's going to punch through. It's going to offer something, offer some value. Because people don't care... This is a bit of podcast advice here this week. I, as as a consumer of podcasts, if you come to me and you say, "I am," we're Mick and Steve, we're doing a podcast where we just chat about stuff. I don't care about <laughs> Mick and Steve. I don't care about you. I don't give a yeah. f- about your kids. I don't care about you, Mick and Steve. I don't. If you were talking about something that would interest me, like a topic that I like, or something in in the tech world, something in the wrestling world, something in the video game world, I'll I'll bite. And then I might learn to love you both. But I'm not yeah. going to listen to your podcast on the fact that it's Mick and Steve. I don't give a damn who Mick and Steve are. People, yeah. I think, like, as much as I love chatting to you, Math, if we launched Math and Tom, Tom do a chat about stuff, I don't think people would care as much. Yeah. Because we've launched, because the, the, the overall, believe it or not, if this is the first time you're listening and we're 40 minutes in... <laughs> No, we're forty minutes oh, crap. in, and we we do sometimes get beyond the opening montage of SmackDown. Um, sometimes, sometimes, but the general consensus is we talk about SmackDown. And then if you stay, right. and then you stay because you like SmackDown and you quite enjoy our takes on it and our stupid humor. If you like SmackDown and don't like our takes, then you go. If you like what me and Math do and you're not worried about SmackDown, you stay anyway. But you found us because of the SmackDown. And right. that's, that's, if you're going to launch a podcast, give it, you know, give me a reason to listen other than it's just me and my mate having a chat. There's some podcast hot take slash advice yeah. from, from a man who puts out 400 a week.
1: Yeah, you, you're actually genuinely qualified for this. And also, to say, yes, you have to make it distinctive or be about a very specific genre or topic.
0: Mm.
1: Like, oh, God, I don't know. Dinosaurs, the TV show from the 90s.
2: Yeah! Who
1: had me on because Tom Campbell told them to sod off.
2: I didn't tell them to that's sod off. That's not true.
1: That's not true. No Were one would on believe it? that. Were you on it, though? Yeah, I was on it.
2: Get it. And
1: why was that, Tom? Why do you think they picked me?
2: uh because you're matthew from bodymania
1: that's true uh i also said famously everything's better with puppets
2: yeah that was the justification
1: about me on this show because there's puppets on it brilliant and you know what it was very nice to speak to them it was very nicely put together they've done the research and that's an example of a podcast that you should do and also we can get away with talking crap because cut has such a way well for want of a better term a cult ish fan base that we can speak about this, and people will listen to this because they like hearing us talk crap. If they didn't, we sure as hell would have stopped
2: about thirty-five minutes ago. Exactly, mum, bruv. Exactly, Let's talk about SmackDown for a bit. Let's give people some uh, some, some some value. Oh, some, do we have to? <laughs> some return on investment. Let's Bastard. give them some.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah. On that note,
2: <laughs> where are we? So, at so okay, oh, yeah, cool. We've had the opening montage. We're about to start the show. There there we with go. You woo! With you woo! Woo! Woo!
1: Widdy wee widdy woo witty wee widdy woo brings us to Birmingham, Alabama. No, not the one down south where they buy lots of houses. Trish tries tries to wish Triple H well. Uh, he wants... <laughs> he doesn't because Triple H is either really smart or he's so cool and badass. He doesn't need Trish. So all Triple H wants is this bad luck woman to leave him alone. <laughs> Go away, uh <laughs> We start the show with Scotty 2 Hottie versus X-Pac. A match straight out of a 1993 Superstars episode. Coming soon to uh, podcast near you. Road Dogg is commentating again, thankfully. Because he'll have that friendly rivalry going on. Uh, you can barely hear him, though, over the X-Pac sucks chance, Which is a hell of a indication that this is going to be a nice smackdown because the crowd is already booming. Your dog has a match with Grandmaster Sexy later on, and I hope X back commentates over that. Whoa, man! What a... Where am I? <laughs> two two words, five letters. <laughs>
2: it's a Hello. movie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's <those> doing
1: charades? <laughs> so...
2: Two words, <laughs> eight letters. Hello, you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right, director of black and white. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Scotty Huddy blocks the Bronco Buster with a kick and nails the worm with the camera, literally shaking from the pop. God, the X-Pac... The X-Pac, I've written down here. The X-Pac to his friends, nails the X-Factor out of a low blow in the corner to win. Nice, simple, very hot match. Uh, it's funny, though, because we really are seeing the formula. If Scotty Huddy nails the worm... And doesn't get the pin afterwards, he's losing. Symbol as mm. so, of course, he gets X Factor out the low blow to win because X pac is X pac Nothing too sophisticated here, but it is good to see that the crowd
2: is electric as we start. What do you think, Tom? Uh, decent enough opening match, I thought. Um, they kind of missed the low blow at the end uh, of this one. It was, I think, because X pac gives a bit punching punch in the clackers as they're fighting, as yeah. he's doing the 10 punches. But they don't quite capture it. The commentators don't quite acknowledge it. And uh, we've got this weird one-upmanship thing between Puck and Dog, which will rumble on until SummerSlam, which is uh, which is a bit different.
1: It certainly is. Uh, the cameras missed the low blow, like it was Dennis Rodman missing a press conference. <laughs> I- I've got to find that audio eventually and send it to you if I do, because it was the best. Please uh, <laughs> Backstage, Triple H is in parking lot.
0: Oh goody,
1: another HBO miniseries in one episode where we get the exciting adventures of Triple H doing stuff backstage. Stephanie arrives, but she doesn't want to talk and tells Triple H to give her space. Kurt Angle then appears and says he's there for her and he's a good listener. Triple H sorry, Stephanie thanks him and leaves. Oh no! All this time, Kurt was that guy? <laughs> What's a term for that, Tom? I forget.
2: the term for the guy who's like, oh, they're of relationship. DMs. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But this was, I've put in my notes here, Angle doing the 2000 equivalent of sliding into the DM and saying, you okay, hun?" Yeah. This is, uh, uh, I, I don't know what the name of the, is it a Chad? I don't think it's a Chad. No, I, I think, oh, you know what? The more time I spend
1: online, you think I'd know. Yeah, Kurt was the arsehole. <laughs>
2: But I, I do, know. I do oh, enjoy on. that. Me and, me and Alex have joked. We, had, we had one night. We did joke. We said we should both, we should break up online. We should both set ourselves as the single, just to see who slides into the DMs and the inboxes. <gasps> oh, Would that, that be a hell of a social experiment? You're
1: playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. There,
2: while rest is playing old. Mate. All right, who wants us? Let's find out. But then, Tom, what happens if no one does? Well, then I cry and assume I'll <laughs> no I'm not after I'm... it's not like a... it's 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 not that kind of fishing trip it's more just intrigue <laughs> it's more just intrigue I'm not I'm not mass. I'm not looking for anybody to be honest with you we're doing alright yeah. <laughs> but it's just intriguing to see like who would pop in go. who would pop to Alex's and go oh hey how's it going <laughs> like, who I'll would probably message crawl the pair of you woodwork? to be honest oh get in lad <laughs>
1: it's like betting on, betting on both boxers to win the match
2: <laughs> Triple, oh, Steph says to Triple H here, on the subject of relationships and stuff, Steph says to Triple H, I need space. I need space. I need Renault Espace. I need space. And Triple H continues to follow her for a bit. And the thing is, obviously, they're, they're newlyweds in the grand scheme of things. And Triple H hasn't yet appreciated that part of the relationship where you realize that space from your partner, how, no matter how much you love them, space is a gift. Space is a gift. Like, if Alex goes out with you know, when the when the earth was cool and when we, we could do this, like if Alex was gonna go out with her friends, or like she she she'd quite often go go to uh, go back home for the weekend, go see her folks and arrange a night out with the girlies. Sometimes I'd go with and sometimes I wouldn't. If she was going out with the girlies for a weekend and she'd say, Do you wanna come with us? I'd say, you know what, I'm cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back. She says, Oh, so what are you gonna do? I said, do You know what? I am gonna sit in my underpants. Order pizza and probably watch wrestling. And I am fine with that. I am delighted with that. And, and and I and I love Alex to the ends of the earth. But sometimes there's nothing better than when you know your partner's off doing something that they love and they're having a wonderful time and you can just go, I'm just gonna sit in my pants and watch wrestling and eat pizza. And and <laughs> that's but that's the dream. That's the dream. When you get to that point in a relationship, it's a lovely time. Well, spoilers uh,
1: for those events, yes. I mean, you've given the game away. Yes, there is a scene later on where Stephanie eats a margarita in her pants. But, I mean...
0: <laughs>
1: but you know what? Thank you for that, Tom. And so, you are right. And you don't appreciate space until obviously you can't have it. But never mind that. Never mind your lovely story, Tom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been the Kurt Angle to somebody?
2: Have I ever been the Kurt Angle?
1: Because I know I have. I've uh, messaged somebody... It was a mate of mine who had been in a... You ever have a mate who's... You love them. They're the, great, the best mate ever. Yeah. But they're in a relationship with a piece of crap. <laughs> and you put up with the piece of crap because you love the mate so much. Hmm. And as soon as the, the piece of crap's gone and they wise up, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, I messaged my mate. I won't say their name, I, but they're still my friend to this day. And I'm one of my favorite people in the world up there with Tom. And they got rid of this this lass who was just whatever a leech i'd like to describe her as and and he was there on facebook going like oh you know what i've realized what a horrible person she was and we were like oh Jesus thank you <laughs> but he had previously said that you know he did played with the uh, opposite uh, the same sex before now when it's like hey just want well, you know if you, not to be that guy the cut angle he didn't understand the reference because he's not a wrestling fan uh, but, you know, if you want to, like, go for lunch or anything sometime, that'd be great. And you went, oh, oh, thank you. I, I, I've grown out of that part of me. Um, most people grow out of that at this stage of their life, Matthew. You're a freak. Uh, but thank you. I'm flattered nonetheless. So I was like, oh, no problem. Aww. And he was one of the few people I'd go to see uh, pre uh, pre-lockdown. So,
2: Miss Murray Day. There's something about... I mean, I've never been the Kurt Angle, to answer your question. I, and I love the fact that you're open enough to admit, yeah, I've been the Kurt Angle. I've been Kurt Angled, but I've never been the Kurt Angle. Oh, well, nothing wrong with being Kurt Angled. Oh, it's, it's, it's very flattering. Um, But I, I, I know what it's like to, to ask somebody out and them say no. And, and there is this weird sense of relief that comes from it. It's like... Because... <laughs> There's the anxiety before you sort of, you know, suggest maybe going for a drink or whatever, and then when you finally ask and you're nervously waiting either for a reply from their face or a reply on the on the text, and when it comes back as a as a very much I'm not interested, there is a great sense of relief when you can just go, okay, well that's fine, I can I can I can rest now knowing that I've asked the question and it's not gone anywhere. You know, fortune favors the brave and all that stuff. Mm. So there is. It, it, would you agree? There's something almost cathartic about even being rejected
1: the truth is
2: always (laughs) no you weirdo no you know what
1: i'll take the truth and knowing even Mm. if it's rejection rather than feeling regret of not asking so yeah look i don't get a lot okay (laughs) so i'll be the curt and get rejected and feel like a weirdo, than not be the, then be the Eric angle. All right.
2: Oh, oh, poor Eric.
1: But anyway, moving on from this philosophical discussion to wrestling. Meanwhile, some hoes
2: <laughs> to the wrestling. Some hoes.
1: Some hoes. Get the crowd, ex- get the cat excited <laughs> outside the venue. Save the hoes. Down with censorship. Save the hoes. Down with censorship. And then they pan to the giant crowd outside the arena. And my god, there are a lot of kids.
2: They're all kids. Just the tons
1: of kids shouting
2: chatting, save the hoes. They're making the PTC's point for them. <laughs> PTC did nothing wrong. PTC yeah. did nothing wrong.
1: They're turning fate. They're doing a double turn like Henning and Rodman before our very eyes. <laughs> but never mind that. Never mind the hypocrisy and stuff we'll get on to later on. It is the understated
2: SmackDown debut of Victoria. That it who is. was just in the Royal Rumble. She was indeed, and she looked good in the Rumble. I thought she she turned up. She looked in in, in smashing form. Had a good little run in there. Hit a wither's peak. Took an an awful bump on the way out. <laughs> but it was lovely to see her.
1: She did. She did. She's one of those people who just doesn't just doesn't age.
2: No, not at all. Like but this like is Ric, Ric Flair. Her story of. <laughs> Does he age, though? Um, I think I think he's pickled when he's not at wrestling at the moment. I, th- Just, I saw him on Raw. I thought he was ready to explode. <laughs> he does look like he's about to pop a lot of the time,
1: doesn't he? Like that dude not, not from not Big pop, Trouble in, in like, China.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as in, like, yeah, explode, not pop as in, yeah. Um, yeah, so Lisa Marie Varon, as the, her, her wrestling story is, is very, it's very unconventional and it kind of, it's not how you should normally go about it, and I'm amazed that it worked. So she was training at the gym. She was a fitness model. She was a, she. She, she um, was she was in competitions for that sort of thing, and she got chatting to China, who was at the same gym. China was really impressed with her form, complimented her, and encouraged her to try out wrestling. So she sent some details about herself and a photo to the WWF, like to Vince Love Lisa here's here's my details uh any chance any wrestling jobs available boss um Kevin Kelly gets back a couple of days later and says how about next month you come in for an interview and once she hangs up the phone from Kevin Kelly she goes right I should learn how to wrestle um any schools in the area (laughs) so (laughs) she's got this interview in a month and she goes to UPW in SoCal and she learns to wrestle. And it's during that month where she's wrestling that Bruce Pritchard comes down to UPW, sees what she's doing. Big fan of what she, she's got. Kind of, she's got a natural knack for it, luckily. And the rest is history. And here we are. This is her, as you say, her understated WWF debut. And, and you wouldn't dream of doing that nowadays. Like I, you always laugh at people who say, oh, I want to send an application form during the WWF. But she kind of did. Which is and fair play to her for just going straight to the straight to the source. I admire that. So she got a job not
1: being able to wrestle? Mm. The wrestling came after. I was gonna say, like, John Laura Knight has perfected this strategy in the late two thousands where he hired anything with a pulse. <laughs> All right, well well done for being a trendsetter, I guess. Uh more on that later on. The Conspiracy Group, who aren't called that, head to the ring. They are composed of Shane McMahon, Big Show, and Chris Benoit. <sighs> what would Chris Benoit know about conspiracies? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Shane bigs them up and says the right line. We've defeated everyone we've come across. And the crowd chants, no, you haven't. No, 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 Shane, you're wrong. Rocky, Rocky, I'm beat Rocky. Yeah, we'll get to him, says Shane. Shane is so deliciously cocky on the mic. You can't help but love him. Big Show talks about... (laughs) Sorry, I was remembering how good this promo was. Big Show talks about how he was hearing Undertaker was back and how bad he was. Hey, let's look at some clips. It's Big Show returning to destroy Undertaker. With Big Show singing over the top as the clips of him battering Undertaker. The chin bone connected to the (laughs) head bone connected to the... Lights out, Bone, says show. And I'm beginning to see why Vince McMahon switched to scripted promos during this. Anyway, <laughs> The Undertaker gets binned and boned by the conspiracy backstage. Big Show quips, you're not the American bad bleep. You're the American dumb bleep. Then says Jericho mouthed off before realising a chair to the head will shut anyone up. Bloody hell, Tom, write that one down. That's a good Benoit line.
2: (laughs) Oh, Christ.
1: Replay of destroying Jericho last week with shoving the door on him like that one lass in Scream. And also, Shane McMahon's mates, now that uh, Mean Street Posse have left the company, Edge and Christian have shown striking the Hardy Boys with chairs almost in some sort of concerto, concerto. We'll work on that later on. Big Show does a funny impression of Kane going, ah. I'm on fire.
2: Uh, That's a rubbish impression of Kay. Yeah, he he should be on this show. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. That's a bad impression of me.
1: (laughs) So, tonight there'll be some sort of tag match involving them all. But as soon as Shane McMahon announces that, they will be taking on tonight The Rock. The pop is the biggest thing you've ever heard the point where Big Show puts his fingers in his ears. And Shaman Man has to wait until the the pop for Rock... (laughs) The chance for Rock go down before ending the promo with... Yeah, yeah, we're going to end them tonight. It leaves flat, as Big Show pretends to be a gun. (laughs) It's firing blanks. But... It's wonderful here, stirring stirring the pot here of everybody getting a shot to say something good. Shaman Man being a dick. Big Show being a funny arsehole, <laughs> but the pop for The Rock. It's the pop. He's not here yet. No one's seen him. heard. Him. He's just, The Rock's going to be here tonight. And the screen shaking from the, the
2: volume. The, the, the concept of The Rock being here is just yeah. enough to set the world on fire. Do you know where both The Undertaker and Jericho actually are? Are they doing a tour of uh, East Asia like Foley was last week? No, no. They're on their honeymoon. Not together. They've got (laughs) married separately. (laughs) They've married different people. (laughs) They're not. (laughs) John? No, don't, John. No, don't. And then John, do it, then tag Undertaker. (laughs) Ari, take a (laughs) lad. What you make of this? (laughs) No other context. Um, I hope they're very happy together. Um, Undertaker and Jericho are both on their honeymoons, respectively, this week. Undertaker got married on the 21st of July uh, to uh, Sarah. It'll never last. (laughs) Hey, give it time. Sorry, that's an old soccer
1: EM joke. I (laughs) just realised it didn't last, so I apologise. It's a very bad taste.
2: Hey, look, of course it'll last. He had a name tattooed on his neck. Of course it'll last. Uh, And Chris Jericho got married on the 30th of July. He got a double-page spread in the Winnipeg Sun. For his wedding that's how big a star he is and then once he is done on his honeymoon he is off to the bahamas to film an advert for what matthew for jericho advertising something yeah um, the year 2000 he's off to the sunny climbs of the bahamas what's he filming an and is it a video for? game it's not a video game oh. i don't know what it is then at this point you uh, Well, um, you'll be forgiven for not knowing this one because Chris Jericho is flying to the, the beautiful Bahamas to spend a week filming a commercial for Chef Boyardee overstuffed ravioli. Oh. <laughs> because that's why you get to the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, lovely hot weather. Give me, give me some of that ravioli. Bacon hot ravioli.
1: Yeah, you know what I like in the Bahamas? Oh, what? There's something exciting. A-, a tin <laughs> of pre cooked <laughs> pasta.
2: Hey, what's th- what's this? What's this? A cocktail, is it? Oh, stuff that. <laughs> I want some pasta.
1: <laughs> Let me just drink the juices
2: <laughs> of the Chef
1: by I'll put a little umbrella in it.
2: Forget sex on the beach. I want ravioli on the rocks. <laughs>
1: meaning I'm going to put the ravioli on the rocks and then eat it with a spoon
2: I'm going to eat it off the hot rocks
1: oh yeah poor Jericho having to go to the Bahamas
2: for that (laughs) my arm bleeds Chef Boyardee must have money to burn at this point if they're like we want a WWF sponsorship we want their top wrestler we're going to film the advert in the Bahamas Chef Boyardee must be minted And what a positive sign for
1: Jericho, who plays guitar in the advert, by the way. Oh, Jericho, give that ambition up. You'll never be in a band.
2: <laughs> Jericho's flown to the Bahamas, and he's not even a main eventer. <laughs> well, Chef Boyardee's the main event, surely. Right.
1: Uh, the advert happens. He has He's having a big old party with women and dancing and stuff like that. He's playing music. And a, a dude shows him and goes, I'm here to rescue you, Jericho. And he goes, I don't need rescuing. Because he's got all these tins of chef by idea. Because I've got because
0: ravioli.
2: <laughs> I'm good for I'm good for at least four weeks.
1: The top rated comment on the video is the ravioli of Jericho. Eat it in, man.
0: <laughs>
1: and we'll move on now. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, insight into this episode of
0: SmackDown. Uh, also,
2: there is some talk here of the future. The future of Chris Benoit. <laughs> Don't. Um, oh. Dave Meltzer says this was some talk uh, building to a Chris Benoit versus Triple H match at WrestleMania with Triple H as a baby face. Probably based on the idea of Austin's availability to come back if he's strong. So this is we get an insight into how potentially WrestleMania 17 is going to look at this point. They're hoping, and this is in July, to headline it with Austin and Rock and underneath it to have Triple H and Benoit.
1: Oh, good God! That was a long piss. I'm very sorry. It's longer than a Ramones song.
2: I'm not sure if you come back or not, mate, but I'm just doing my steps.
1: Doing your steps? No problem, pal. I'll
2: be, I'll be. Thirty
1: more seconds. Do your steps. And we're back. Stephanie McMahon shows up to TNA and V's locker room to yell at Trish. (laughs) You know, women are. And it ends with Tess saying, phew, thank God I didn't marry that woman. That's the best line he's ever said. That's it. That's it. And cut on Test's <laughs> WF career. That, that's all we need. Cheers. <laughs> the best so... thing, it's the best thing test done all year outside of finish the Smash Brothers 64 tutorial. <laughs> oh, don't
2: fall off the ledge. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping he would go, Huh. I'm glad I didn't get her to buy me a Rumble pack for Christmas.
1: If she was the princess and Legend of Zelda, I would simply waste time doing side quests rather than beat the game. <laughs> what? Oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't help her catch a cliff fairy. <laughs> if she was, I tell you what, she's so horrible. If she was doing the, if she was doing the mul- the multiplayer in Goldeneye, I bet she plays. Baron Samedi. <laughs>
1: Everyone at this point has just left the room and tested she's <laughs> talking to a wall. He's
2: on his own riffing.
1: I'll tell you what, if I was Chris Redfield and she was a boulder, I would just go walk around her.
2: <laughs>
1: Hello? <laughs> then Triple H and Stephanie yell some more, but Foley shows up and he wants to see him. No, I've written that badly. Someone comes and says Foley has summoned you. And it's just weird seeing people getting summoned to see... for or whatever. And from one lovely couple to another, as Eddie and China are here. Oh, it's the debut of Chaos Comics China.
0: Yay! Oh, God. They were
1: all crap, I've written here.
0: On the basis of <laughs> flicking through the
1: uh, Undertaker one. Uh, un- anyway, Eddie is teaming up with Rikishi to take on the IC champion Val Venus and Taz. Cole says... Please stick around after SmackDown because after this on MTV, Mick Foley will be taking on Ernest Hemingway and Celebrity Deathmatch. I've never seen that one. And thankfully, he explains it's because they're both best selling authors, I guess. Bit of a awkward segue there, but really, wrestling is getting brutally inserted into anything from Chef by RD to claymation shows. Wrestling is popular. And if you don't believe me, ask Australia. <laughs> Val Venus has taped ribs as does Rikishi because of the earth shattering kaboom off the cage Rikishi annihilates both of his opponents and then Eddie pins them with the frog splash as definitive a victory as you're going to see in any match anywhere Taz and Venus got absolutely nothing in this match and notably it's the first frog splash we've seen from Eddie since dislocating his elbow in his debut uh, at the start of this year So they got drubbed. Here, Tom, for want of a better term, any other thoughts?
2: Did you ever read the China comic? No. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. So um, there was, I think, two, maybe three. And it just, in all of them, China is just this unstoppable force of nature. In all of them. The first book is probably the most interesting. Uh, China gets hired as a bodyguard... For the daughter of a shady businessman, and he's being targeted by a by a cultist, and named Cassandra, and their death, and, and <laughs> it's a a basically, and uh, there's this big old group of like foot soldiers called the Death Cult, to which China says at one point, Death Cult, more like the Wimp Cult. So there's the level. Oh, oh, so China wrote it herself. <laughs> I think she might have done because uh, away from those absolute zingers, um, China just batters everybody in these comic books. And it is just, it is, it is very much a, uh, it's, it's very self masturbatory towards, towards China. But then it's not just digging on China because we had comic books about mankind, the rock stone cold and the undertaker. And they are all very uh, self-flagellating. In the where they just like were the coolest people here. In the I remember having the Rock comic from Chaos Comics, and in the Rock comic, the, he goes to this nightclub where it's they're advertising like an open challenge to fight the Rock, and he's like, "Well, hang on, I'm the Rock." And he goes to this thing downstairs, this fight club, and there's this bloke who looks a bit like the Rock. He's going, the Rock goes up to him, goes, "Who are you, Jabroni?" And this guy, still facing the Rock, goes, "Huh, I'm the Rock." <laughs> it's like, were well, you blatantly not? Because The Rock is talking to you. And then The Rock batters him, gives him a rock bottom and a people's elbow in a, in a, in a fight club fight. Because that's what you do. Um, these were weird. Uh, Chaos Comics doesn't run anymore, but I think these were probably the most successful things they ever put out. This, 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 this working relationship with WWF was probably the most successful thing they ever did.
1: Yeah, license to print money. And reminds me, Kevin Nash... Had his comic coming out. I don't know when that's coming out, and I hope it gets announced soon in the little uh, pre-show Elton notes. But yeah, he literally did help write it, <laughs> which is why he spends most of the comics having sex with women and killing people.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Backstage, Foley says Stephanie left the match on Raw, so she's fined for not showing up to a scheduled appearance. Oh, Shades of the Old But Warrior, 96, am I right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Kurt Angle shows up, and Mick Foley says that he knows they're more than just good friends. They're tag partners tonight against Leader and the Dudley Boys. That was oh, a good bit. That was good because Kurt Angle's immediately protesting before anything's said. And I was like, okay, good. And I am enjoying the Kurt Angle, Triple H, Stephanie storyline, even though I know how it ends. But never mind that. Whack of the Night brought to you by Popcorn Lung. And it's the Hardys getting CTE on Raw. Bucky's Wacky. Get hit in the head instead.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Popcorn lung.
1: We, we segue into the Hardys backstage. And they wouldn't dare smoke cigarettes. They're for pussies. Uh, Matt Hardy is concerned with Jeff Hardy's concussion. And he wants him to have a job after wrestling. So he's making this a singles match tonight. And Jeff Hardy's going to sit out of it.
2: What's Jeff Hardy doing right now in 2021, Tom? Well, he was on Raw last night. <laughs> having a a competitive match against AJ Styles. He's about to go into the elimination chamber where people are thinking, oh, I bet he'll do something ridiculous. So he's pretty much doing what he's always done. That's right, Tom. Luckily,
1: in the year 2000, Matt Hardy has Stacker 2, Bad Cigarettes (laughs) and Bali, total fitness with him. So it's not quite a singles match. Matt pounds Edge because of what he did to Jeff. Oh, just you wait a few years, Matt. And then Edge and Christian double-team Matt repeatedly as Cole yells about this glorified handicap match and Lowell ignores it because he likes him. <laughs> Jeff Hardy shows up to twack Christian with a ladder and then scales it to do something crazy, then gets dizzy and falls off and lands on the ropes because he's concussed. Matt Hardy goes to check on his brother and Edge takes this opportunity to give Matt some CTE of his own so he doesn't feel left out in the hospital. And that's the end of that. Edge Christian leave taboos. The concussion stuff hasn't aged particularly well, although fair play for them trying to do something with it in the year two thousand. when we only knew it as that thing that you shrugged off and got on with it because you were a bloke.
2: <laughs> we um, we do a we do the classic Raw review on a on a Saturday. Justin and I recorded uh, the episode for Saturday yesterday. And just a little heads up in that one on subjects like concussions and stuff. Like the, 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 the WWE nowadays, for all its faults, have got their heads together, pun intended, when it comes uh, to CTE and concussions and stuff. And if a wrestler is in any danger at any point, then they can, they'll stop the match and they'll test them uh, within an inch until they're ready to come back. Back in 1995, there's a story that Sean Waltman is uh, possibly at the end of his career Following a neck injury at an epi- at a Raw taping, but it was it was the the offhand comments from Meltzer from the days in the run up to that that, that filled me with 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 some dread, because in the run up to that episode of to, to that incident where he injured his neck and he broke his neck and potentially is done, he'd hit his head during a wrestling match and possibly suffered a concussion. They weren't sure. He then wrestled in Madison Square Garden a few days later. He then flew to Japan a week later. And then when he came back from Japan, still possibly with a concussion, ended up landing badly or ended up getting hurt in a match with Hakushi and suffering the neck injury. But it's like, why is this guy still wrestling a week on if he may or may not have a brain concussion? the attitude has changed yeah. dramatically in the twenty in the 21st century in the late 21st century or well the mid 21st century i guess we're in now and i for one welcome it because you couldn't you it, that's just you feel sick reading that now yeah i mean these are again with the benefit of hindsight and i forget where it, but i
1: swear someone said once we know more about no that's actually a bad quote. It actually doesn't help my cause at all. I was going to say the bloody quote about we know more about our brain than we do about the underseas of the world. And that completely doesn't help my product because I thought it was the other way around. And it wouldn't make any sense. We know more about underwater than we do our own brains. <laughs> and I think you've just gone, okay, Matthew, that's a great quote. Have you just wrestled edge? So I won't say it. Um, the point is we know more about our brain now than we used to, which it justifies all these things that were happening back then. And we're studying more knowing more and more about the human brain, which we don't know a lot about, all things considered. So there was no point there or a moral. I just thought I'd say it and completely ruin Tom's beautifully said point. (laughs) I'll move on to the next segment. The Rock with absurd amounts of crowd love. Uh, In fact, if you are cold, like I am in Newcastle right now, put on this promo and put your hands up to it and you'll be warm and toasty by the end. That's how insane the heat is for this. The Rock says, anyone can beat Benoit. The cameraman can beat Benoit. Even you, Kelly Kelly. Kelly oh, Kelly! I typed. <laughs> I've typed Kelly Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Kelly it. can I'm beat Benoit. Benoit. <laughs> God, yeah,
0: you Kelly, know what? Even says,
1: Kelly Kelly, who you, we don't know, but you will know her in eight years' time. And he goes, okay, we'll take your word for it, Rock. And he gets away with it because The Rock. Even Kevin Kelly, Tom's friend, can beat ben ross's mom <laughs> even i don't know who that is even oh, you know and kelly goes i'm not sure And he goes no the rock is sure do the people want to see kevin kelly beat the rock <laughs> he goes all right the rock turns kelly and like gets in front of the camera and goes stop moving stop moving jabroni stop and like what's going on here and then he moves away and rock says, All right, Kevin Kelly, how you doing? And he smiles, and he's got the tooth blacked out the front like Benoit.
0: <laughs> it was,
1: When The Rock has beaten you, you're going to stick your tongue through your hole and lick a Wolverine's ass. And he pauses.
0: But what are you waiting for?
1: Jabroni? And then Kelly leaves.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and also, because The Rock is dealing with the big show again, it gives The Rock, can't blanch, to do this. <laughs> Those choke slam noises. If you smell, la, 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 And the crowd's like, we love you, Rock. We love you so much. And the Rock's like, <laughs> the Rock knows. And then leaves. Oh, this was good. There's been a few months of not very spectacular.
0: <coughs>
1: not, very spectac-
0: <coughs>
1: not very spectacular. <coughs> noise. Not, very spectacular. not very
2: spectacular. Not very spectacular. Austin's
1: going to have a martini. <laughs> He's going to have a Budweiser. <laughs> <Achoo>. <laughs> a
2: light. like, Stone cold antihistamine Austin. Err, chew. Just gonna drink a Chef by ID can. Err, chew. <laughs> I'm gonna sniff one flower at two, Two flowers at chew. Three flowers. <laughs> I'm gonna. To... <laughs> Iran what? number one. America, err, chew. <laughs> you know hey, hey, here's a fun little tidbit from that promo. I spot stuff like this when I'm watching. The Rock turned his back to the camera so he could do the funny with Kevin Kelly or Kelly Kelly. Um, And I noticed that he's on the side plate of his WWF championship. It said property of JMR2K. And JMR2K is a belt maker. Surprise. But it turns out that he made belts for everybody in this era. And I had a little fun look at J-Mar's Mar, belt page on Facebook. And, like, he made all the ECW titles. He made a bunch of WWF championships. And there's some, there is some prototype designs on his page for... you remember when Bischoff was going to relaunch Dub in 2001? Oh, yes. There's some prototype designs for what the new championship belts were going to look like. Oh, Just a fun little thing if you are if you enjoy a bit of championship belt porn some days. (laughs) I know Sam Driver's a big into the belt porn. Like he's he's a big fan of his old championship belts. And uh I encourage you to check it out. It's a very interesting little wander down the road. Uh seeing some some of the stuff that J. Mars put together. And he's still doing customs and stuff to this day.
1: I Conrad Thompson is also a belt mark, and he he did say and point out that that's something I've never thought about. He goes, well, here's Hulk Hogan in the 80s with the winged eagle design. I don't know why it's called the winged eagle design. All eagles have wings. <laughs> Am I, That's a damn uh, fine yeah. question. Yeah, why, why do we call it that?
2: Why is it called the winged eagle belt? Yeah. Is it is it more... Okay, it's probably an obvious answer. But is it more the fact that the, the wings are prominent on the belt, i.e., they stick out of the design, like they're bursting out of the design. Let's go with that. Yeah. So we sound less dumb. <laughs>
1: Speaking of dumb, RC Maximum Power Cola brings you Tom's birthday. It was Yay. lovely.
2: Thanks, RC. RC
1: Maximum Power Cola. <laughs> if it hadn't expired greatly, Tom would have drank it last
2: week. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like it.
1: Hmm. And this brings out, wow, Big Show and Benoit versus The Rock and Kane. Wow, you thought this would have main evented, but they really are giving the, uh, what they call the Triple H push to... Oh, Triple H. Fair
0: enough. <laughs> Kane here. starts off first
1: uh, and gets in the fight with the two men before Rock shows up. So The Rock can show up, build momentum and blow the roof off with his pop. And oh my God, it's so loud when The Rock comes. If you smell, it's so loud at camera shaking that... I think Big Show and Benoit should have bumped for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just flailed onto the floor.
1: Right, like Godzilla just put his foot near the arena, like whoa, and just landed on their feet. God, <laughs> there's barely any play-by-play here because it's just basic wrestling and strikes with just vast amounts of heat. It's so crazy. There's so much heat that came, went. Ah, oh, flashbacks, Linda. <laughs> he even said the word flashback, so he knew it was talking
2: about. He's a good actor, that king. The theatre of the mind. In the theatre of the mind, the one-eyed man is king. No, that's not the right phrase, Kate. Oh no. <laughs> oh wait. Did you
1: was... know that we know more about
2: under the sea than our own brain? <laughs> what?
0: Nothing. <laughs>
2: Cows can't go upstairs. <laughs> Race car is race car backwards, (laughs) Linda. I got that wrong. Cows can go upstairs. They can't come back down. Oh, God. Sorry, Tom, I'm rubbing off on you. How someone (laughs) found that out? How someone found that out? I don't know.
1: Look, leave me alone, Tom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A peanut is not a nut. It is a legume. (laughs)
1: They said it'd be all right on the night, but not for this farmer. After he realised his date for the night, couldn't go downstairs. Will you oh. go away, Dennis Norden. One...
2: <laughs> you stopped being relevant three episodes ago. Go away. Three episodes and thirty years ago.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go on TV tropes and add Dennis Norden heat.
0: A Dennis Norden heat.
2: Oh, no, you see, what he means is <laughs> people don't like me. In fact, I'm a national treasure, you bastards. <laughs> he is a national treasure, is Dennis Norton.
1: Yes, he's a national treasure. We want to bury him.
2: <laughs> we want to bury him. We want Nicolas Cage to find him.
0: <laughs>
1: Stop
2: talking about Dennis Norton.
1: Heat, ah, uh, Flashbacks.
2: <laughs> Good recovery.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you. Rock gets the very hot tag, nails the dragon screw leg whip, and locks in the sharpshoot on Benoit because the Rock has absorbed his offence
2: like... Oh.
1: Like a thing. The Rock tries the
2: people's elbow. No. absolutely
1: crapped that out. No. Oh, no. Go
2: on. You're, we're not moving on until you get You know us, what it was, Tom? You, you give know what it a was? Simile.
1: You know what it was? I was going to say Dragon Ball Z character... But I was going to say Cell, and I went, no, that's not, that's not what Cell does. What is the other dude? And I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, no. I'm officially an older... Oh, Majin Boo. Christ. Majin Boo! Let's say oh. oh, no, Tom! How do you know it? You don't even watch... Majin No! <laughs> no! You know the voice as well. How if do you know about Dragon Ball Z?
2: Imagine you bro, snake in the grass. You got another podcast I, coming out. I know a bit of Dragon Ball G. I know a bit of Dragon Ball Z. I, I, if they put me in a trivia contest, I, I'd suck. I know. I know the Goku and oh, I know Kakarot, you bastard. We're we're frenemies. I know Dragon. You Ball know G-
1: Kakarot, right? That, I know. That's it, I know don't. Dragon
2: Ball GT when he, oh. got turned, he got turned back into a kid and he had to go on a desperate search all across the universe to find the Dragon Balls and bring him back to life, uh, and, and and restore order. I remember one episode. But basically, Dragon for me, Dragon Ball Z, and I'm going to overstate it here and, 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 and anger the, the, the real Dragon Ball Z nerds. Um, Dragon Ball Z is a 30 minute episode where a guy goes, I'm going to use my superpower and he'll warm up or she will warm up this this move for 30 minutes and then they'll unleash it in the last five and it'll take ages to do. And then like he'll be there going, oh, oh, I did it. And then the dust will settle and the bad guy will come out and go, ha, that didn't even hurt me. What if he continued? That to me is Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I remember one episode where where I think Goku or Trunks was warming up warming up this move. And it was gonna take ages to warm up. So, like they had, so they had to so they had to stall for time in this parallel dimension. So they were taking this bad guy, like, the long way around this massive room
0: <laughs> to
2: stall for time. <laughs> because time moved differently in this one dimension. If you're listening and you can tell me what episode that is and how wrong I've got it, I'd be eternally grateful. They were stalling for time because, like, like five minutes in this other dimension was, like, three days in the normal one. And they were stalling for time, just having him wander around this room and he was getting really annoyed. That's another episode of Dragon Ball I remember. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my Dragonborn. And and, and of course Magic That's the other one I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I'm
1: saying you can't watch anime, it's just that I had you pigeonholed as a different type of nerd. Uh, and I feel this is the equivalent to going on the podcast and Ross talking about watching Gundam Wing. It's just <laughs> I, like I'm not oh, into I'm not okay. into
2: Gundam Wing in any of that. I'm, I'm no a bit, No. That's that's fine. I know Guyver. Wow,
1: alright. Now you show just showing. I know off.
2: Guyver. And uh, and he the video guy, anime the video that's there In the magazine that's that's it and uh, and sometimes he was a detective called for Guyver. oh I just and shit. <laughs> and he used to go Guyver and then he turned into a, a thing and fight um those are me animes
1: <laughs> that's fine that's way more than I was expecting Tom. and Street well Fighter I
2: like Street Fighter anime that's fun where where Zangief and uh, and uh, Honda fall off the cliff fighting. <laughs> Going, oh, shit! That is good. That's a fun no movie. Oh, wait, isn't it
1: Balrog? And, uh...
2: It might be Balrog.
1: Look at be. me trying to one up you because I've been utterly trounced in my Dragon Ball Z here. Bal-
2: Bal- Bal- Balrog. I and think you're
1: fine.
2: <laughs> What's Dennis Norton's favourite anime?
1: Uh, one Piece Theatre.
2: Have a look oh, at this nice.
1: clip. Oh, nice. I wasn't expecting that, yeah. Uh, an anime where people. Mess up
2: things that they try <laughs> to do. Have a look at this next clip where Trunks calls Goku Kakarot. Spirited away,
1: what I intend to do after this podcast.
2: <laughs> where I go. <laughs> wee. How Speaking moving of castle, wee. Or caravan, as we better know it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Benoit Lands Air Canada, jumping off the top rope like Dennis and yeah. jumping off of relevancy. <laughs> To win the match, because the rocket attempted the at people's elbow, and Shane McMahon chair him mid-air. Or mid-people, as I've written here. I guess that made sense at the time. Shane tries to chair-shot Kane after the match, but... And he no-sells it and chases Shane. Kane and Show brawl near the Oval Tron. Show presses X and rips a bit of the Tron open, and chokeslams Kane down into the great unknown. Conspiracy leave, and Kane is shown on the floor... And no protection pad is to be seen. Crowd loves it. As the as the as the commentators speculate that like Kane is in fact dead.
2: <laughs> Despite the fact that he's up and moving before uh, the he's just about he's refusing medical attention. I think Kane on a stretcher would have been a funny visual, but one we will not be treated to today. Yeah,
1: the all the, the leads are taking him back and saying, Move out of the way, everyone, and they're banging his head against the wall. He's like, oh, <laughs>
2: Right. They're pushing him into the hospital head first. They're so like all the revolving yeah.
0: doors.
1: They could take him to the vets accidentally.
0: They take him to the vet.
1: Oh, our mistake.
2: <laughs> he just, he comes out, he comes out with like a poodle perm.
1: <laughs> Wait a few months, he'll have that anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh do you think that's why?
2: Yes because he went to the vet <laughs> to the vet oh here oh no they go right okay doctor <clears throat> there's there's two patients in the waiting room one is a human that we've accidentally brought brought in that may have a broken back his name is Kane there is also a dog that's that's, <laughs> that's getting castrated today <laughs> his name is Ken <laughs> don't get them mixed up Oh, here I am at the vet's office. (laughs) My ears are still ringing. I can't hear very well. Oh, I think she said Kane. Well, here I go. (laughs) Did the doctor not do anything? That's gotta be (laughs) Kane. No, but the doctor surely wouldn't. That's gotta be (laughs) Kane. The doctor would know the difference between a dog and. A That's
1: what the crowd sound like for The Rock, by the way. Oh, it's Tom broke his mic. <laughs> I think Tom broke the mic doing that. Tom, if you can hear me, we can't hear you. You've broken your mic doing a bit. You've worked yourself into a shoot. The right-to-censors show up at the APA office. Steve and Richards make sure the APA have already left, and they still go through that one door. Fantastic. They empty all the cans and cigars into a cardboard box with a big red sensor, so you know they mean business. The good father does hesitate looking at a cigar, and Steve reminds him that that is bad. And he goes, that's right, I'm good now. They leave dramatically. You're leaving their imprint, and yes, they make sure to leave via the door. Which they then should. Yes, it was a good segment, Tom. I'll just pretend that
2: only I can hear you. Is it back now? Hey! There we go. I I blew my mic out nearly doing a cane bit. (laughs) He blew his mic. He needed the money.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well done. Well done for doing that, mate. Thanks, mate. (laughs) It's Only the professionals it. blow their mic doing a bit.
2: <laughs> I am an audio professional. I'm currently underneath the the table because one of my cables for the monitor has fallen out in the process. So I'm fixing that. And I heard you do the APA bit. So carry on.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Just coming. I'll I'll make the hot tag to you after this. See carry if you're ready.
2: On, mate. You're doing great.
1: Steve Blackman versus Perry Sutton in a hardcore title match between the two guys we will furiously defend forever. Absolutely we will. That's right. Terry Reynolds attacks Steve with the fire extinguisher to start and Blackman kicks the bin while Perry is holding it. <laughs> but Perry crossbodies Steve off the top rope for two. Perry lands his jackhammer-type move on the ramp, which looks amazingly brutal. It only gets two. Not a good sign for that signature move, which so far has signed absolutely diddly. <laughs> then Al Snow shows up to hit Perry Satan with head, allowing Blackman to get the win. And could it be? Could the WWF be ready to finally recognise head cheese? No, no. The answer is no. <laughs> no, no, head cheese whenever never a thing. We're never going to speak about it again. The end.
2: Oh, that's a shame. And meanwhile, Tom Campbell fixes his monitor. I'm all good. Microphone. I'm all good. We were. To- I was talking about. About Blackman this week with uh, Jack King from the Cultaholic YouTube channel. You may have oh, heard see. of him. <laughs> uh, we have a request from Jack that this is a this is this is a, a, a throw ahead. So I'm putting this in now on the I believe the fifth of October 2000. We have on SmackDown a match between Steve Blackman and Albert, right? This was a match that Jack chose uh, on his desert island graps, and he's requested that he can wa- if he can watch that episode of SmackDown with us, <laughs> and I have agreed. So, coming in a few months' time, Jack will be on the on the classic SmackDown review talking about that particular match.
1: Oh goody! I can't wait for him to see it and go, uh this was way better in my head than it was." in the
2: <laughs> <early>. <laughs> Big prop, big props, by the way. To um, to Perry Saturn, who I always try and defend, even though apparently he doesn't want me to, judging on some of his performances. <laughs> Amazing dive to the outside of the ring early on in this one. Stunning dive. Damn you, Saturn. Damn you, Perry. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why are you
1: so inconsistent? Like and Wise, he knew all the right moves, just not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> More kids chanting, save the hose" before the APA find their stash gone. My God, it's like the start of Donkey Kong Country.
2: (laughs) This is how it started.
1: The eyes bugging out the skull, (laughs) pounding his chest. Stacker 2, Burn of the Week, presents Triple H, forgetting his wife's name. Honestly, who would appear on a show and forget someone's name? Piss off. <laughs> I guess it makes sense that Stacker 2 would sponsor this because, hey, he's lost all that weight
0: because <laughs> his
1: wife's left him. Anyway, Stephanie refuses to to undress in front of Triple H for the main event. And he's like, but you're my wife. Uh. It's like, yeah, I know. Please my wife <laughs> My waifu. You're my wife <laughs> From Dragon Ball Z, uh... <laughs> Right, I like margin boo.
0: B- b-
1: boo. You're trying to scare me. you a ghost. <laughs> Righty said censor, try talking to the crowd, but like ECW's ratings, they're in trouble. Oh. As the APA bum rush them, the good father smashes a two by four over Farouk to set up the scissors kick from Bull. That ends that quick. Is that a match? I haven't even mean, put down if it was a pinfall or not, so I guess I was really paying attention to this. It was just like a, a, a battering session. I don't think it really got officially started. Yeah, okay. It was an unofficial 2x4 then, And uh, we can't get his one move in. Oh, no. <laughs> Looks like the right-to-censor will continue to be hypocrites and bastards forever. <laughs> the RTC uh, did nothing wrong. Exactly. Backstage, Road Dog is talking to Midian. So I says to Mabel... No, 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 his name is Viscera. Oh, sorry. There goes. Ch- hey,
2: remember King of the Ring 95?
1: Yeah. Hey, remember Jeff Jarrett? No, 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 no.
2: <laughs> Triple
1: H comes in and Road Dog leaves him be. Midian offers to. Bo- Christ. Midian asks to borrow his toothbrush. Triple H says what? And that's it. <laughs> Lidian's best H. gimmick this year has been doing nothing.
2: <laughs> and dressing like The Undertaker. <laughs> dressing like we've got the Undertaker at home. Oh. <laughs> Liddles Undertaker.
0: <laughs>
2: he's not called The Undertaker, he's called Biker Dead Man. Oh. <laughs> just when you when you buy the action figure from, from Poundland, it just says Biker Dead Wrestler. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know who this really is.
1: No, no, W.E., this is the overtaker. <laughs> he's better. Silly. He's
2: improved.
1: The overtaker. He. He's a bad
2: driver. <laughs> Only one man could stop the, the overtaker. Oh, and no,
1: that's... his rival,
2: the undercutter. <laughs> I was gonna uh, either him or I was gonna say Big Boss Man on his Milky Bike. Oh, the Milky Bike kid. <laughs> hey, Milky Bike! There's the Undertaker's evil, evil arch rifle. The Overtaker. Let's go and politely talk him down. Beep, beep, boop. Grenades launched. <laughs> no. <laughs> damn you milky bike why are you so aggressive big boop (laughs) self-destruct
1: and he ends the show by he ends the segment by go the milks are on my seat and the crowd go
2: yay
0: hooray a
1: bit weak sorry big boop destroy seat Bip, boop destroy Tom's mic (laughs) Oh, I hope I haven't great. destroyed the mic. That would be real disappointing. No, you sound great. It's an expensive no. mic. But in other news Birmingham gets an XFL franchise.
2: And <laughs> they said, Wait. We are bloody delighted to have oh. our own XFL franchise. <laughs> all right, all right. Just what we know you did, because let's be honest with you, the villa have had a shit season. And uh, the, the baggies aren't much cop either, just outside, just down the road. Uh, we're not going to talk much about Sutai, So we're quite um, happy to be joining Vince McMahon's XFL. As, uh, we're going to call ourselves the Thunderbolts. Uh, we'll have a lovely time. All right. It's the other Birmingham, the Alabama one. Yeah. They're getting their own franchise. <gasps> franchise?
1: Cut the effing music.
2: <laughs> Send in the man. <laughs>
1: Vincent Mann says, the footballers are paid a basic salary and get more if they win. And says, that's the American way. From the son of one of the most successful promoters in wrestling.
2: Hey, the XFL's already got a bit of a black eye against its name. The thing hasn't even launched yet. So this comes from the Observer this week. Oh, God. Dave says, the XFL got its first embarrassment, probably not its last, after talking about its employees having a higher moral standard than the NFL. The news- <laughs> after this... Why?
1: Why would you say that? Sorry, go ahead.
2: You are asking for trouble when you say that because then what's going to happen is news is going to come out that Ken Siri. Valdecieri- the head of their Chicago franchise was accused of gambling on sporting events <laughs> while he was employed by the Chicago Bears. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's an idea. If if you know, right? Okay. If you're hiring crooked people, right? That's on you. But if you're gonna say we ain't crooked, you. you you're asking for trouble.
1: <laughs> Vincent man later said, Read my lips, no new taxes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, more XFL fun to come in many months to <laughs> many months to come. Vincent man then
1: weirdly followed up with the PlayStation 3 will cost five hundred and ninety nine US dollars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to which <laughs> to which Bishop came out and went four ninety nine. <laughs> best sony speech ever that was it was it was Love that
1: but you know what a road dog is here for a singles match it takes x about a minute to interfere telling the commentators uh i gotta go tie my shoe <laughs> but it's x Pac, so his interference backfires road dog ends up accidentally knocking x off the apron sexay lands the hip-hop drop but as the referee is dealing with hotline and X-Pac, big kick sends sex 8 the canvas. One, two, three, dog wins. And x bot goes out like encouraging college and goes, it's all right, I tied my shoe. <laughs> Too cool, then get attacked by DX after the match. So Rikishi appears, and they all shove their ass in the X-Pac, and they really build up to it. Oh, except x moves, because he's X-Pac and doesn't take the Rikishi. Huh. <sighs> Nice and simple here, Tom. Any thoughts?
2: Um, interesting, because they're doing this, this one-upmanship thing between Road Dogg and X-Pac. So X-Pac wrestled earlier. Road Dogg was on commentary, and Road Dogg was just kind of like letting him crack on, and X-Pac won the match by shenanigans. This time round, X-Pac helped Road Dogg win, despite that. I just thought that was an interesting dynamic because Dog didn't help Puck, but Puck helped Dog
0: mm. in order
2: to even out. There, they got one apiece in this uh, friendly rivalry interesting. Or maybe not. I think it's quite interesting.
1: It's not really, but they're they're trying something. That's better than nothing, isn't it, Tom? Mm -hmm. Then, the SummerSlam 2000 advert plays. And it's the Baywatch kind of thing. Not really cutting edge in 2000. With that love song that everyone plays, Oh, you know. i have put here Sing for Tom. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so I with this
1: but instead China clothesline some fat loser because I guess we can all relate to him SummerSlam 2000 presented by Tiddies <laughs> and I thought that was dramatic Tom and I thought that would be the thing to stand off oh no oh ye of little faith Tom immediately following this an advert plays that goes attention politicians
2: <gasps> oh here did we go did you know
1: did you know, Tom? 14 million eligible voters watch WWF. So, will they elect you? Who knows? Just saying. Maybe you should give us some money. We're not saying that, <laughs> but you're kind of hearing it. That's right. Later on this year, it'll be time for the non-partisan, as they say it, rock the vote. When it comes to the election later on this year, I have so many
2: questions, Tom. Well, my first question is, like, how with, with, with a straight face can they say, Rock the Vote is our nonpartisan voting campaign. It got underway when The Rock attended the Republican convention. Our non-partisan campaign <laughs> turned up at a Republican rally. That feels quite partisan. Call me old-fashioned. <laughs> you know, that's like saying that's, oh that in, in the British in the British political game, that's saying we're non-partisan, and then and then turning up at a Tory party conference. <laughs> so this right, this is actually this is something that rumbles on and rumbles on, and it does bring a lot of questions up. Melts in The Observer writes certainly at the very least encouraging wrestling fans to act as a lobbying group the media will report that 14 that 14 million figure to the point where it will be accepted among politicians as being a real number if you repeat it quite often it becomes fact has the power to scare this also has the power to scare politicians that might think of enacting either regulation on the pro wrestling industry or even the television industry with regulations that would pertain to pro wrestling programming. So it all links back to the PTC because this is WWF basically saying, all right, politicians, 14 million people watch wrestling and we want to get them on your side. So how's about you play ball with us and then if you get elected, maybe you don't put sanctions in wrestling maybe you don't put sanctions onto television and we can carry on doing our thing and you know this is this is all as a result of the the ptc because l brent bozel the the chairman of the ptc was kicking off this week because the rock was attending the republican rally He says, The Rock uses obscene and profane language as well as using metal chairs, a shovel and a sledgehammer as weapons during his scripted matches. It is unconscionable that one of America's major political parties would give a prime time platform to someone who encourages young children to behave in such a violent and vulgar manner. It's all about the PCC.
1: Is it bad that after reading that, all I imagine is that someone posts on the thing that you always see on Twitter, the Rock saying "Shut up, bitch." <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel like that's quite appropriate. Yeah. So if if this is this is why this is happening, it's it's kind of putting WWF in the centre of political discussion. So in the event of whoever wins, they can sort of sort a deal to to keep WWF in the in the nice little state that it's in now. And and this year's been and. 2020 was interesting for that because in other normal climates because wwe is very republican in other normal climates i would imagine they'd have done something similar with sort of but, but because because politically america is so divided right now they are they weren't looking to sort of score points with either party and, they, and because they weren't going to encourage the, the, the Democrat Party because there's a chance the Democrats may bring in legislation that might change wrestling. They weren't going to side with the Republican Party publicly. And this isn't me being pro or anti anything. This is just me as a, as a consumer, because it wasn't seen as the cool thing to do to side with Trump publicly. Anybody that sided with Trump publicly was there was there was a lot of anger towards which is why they didn't do anything like this last year. I think had it not been so aggressively divisive in 2020, we might have seen something like this again, but we didn't.
1: Shut up, bitch. Now, I was <laughs> expecting to see, like, if we make a note of... Uh, sometimes have the place in my head when I'm walking down the street. But, <laughs> like, okay, we're non-partisan, but this week it's going to be Republicans. Next week, Kurt Angle will go hang out with. Uh,
2: Republicans. No, you know what,
1: Midian will go hang out with um, the Democrats. That's right.
2: It'd be interesting to see who attends what, won't it?
1: That's right. Um, the Undertaker will go hang out with Republicans. Joey Abs, not the Democrats. <laughs> it's completely nonpartisan. All right.
0: <laughs>
1: Kurt Angle tries to reason with Triple H, as only Kurt Angle can, but Triple H rejects it, and Kurt says, "Wow." You're not showing much teen spirit, are you? <laughs> I love Kurt during this period. And luckily for me, he's in the main event, six-person main event, no DQ. Triple H roughly tags in Kurt, who was taken apart by Devon Dudley. Bloody hell. Anyway, some stuff happens. Kurt tags in Stephanie, so she can kick in Bubba. Triple H doesn't have confidence in Steph to take on Bubba, so he tags himself in and looks mad that Kurt would put Steph in that position. Duds hit the, what's up, headbutt on Triple H and then Kurt. Devon get the tables. Still not quite a thing. Crowd's liking it, though. The Duds wait for Kurt and Triple H to recover, but Stephanie's making noise, and they slowly turn round and look at Stephanie, and the crowd totally bites on Steph dying. However, Triple H and Kurt wake up to brawn the outside, so as Lita and Steph can go at it. Triple H moves Stephanie out the wave of moonsault, and then pedigrees leader and drapes Stephanie on top of her. The rest busy, so no count. Kurt saves Bubba from bombing Steph. Steph gets the pin on leader. Kurt and Steph celebrate. Triple H looks mad from the ramp. No broken tables, but what an entertaining little bit this was with the storylines being written in. Kurt having confidence in Stephanie. Triple H having none in his wife. Kurt and Steph getting closer. Steph and Triple H getting further apart. I liked it. What did you think, Tom?
2: Uh, I enjoyed every element of this match. Really good six tag, six-person tag to end the show. Very attitude era, Smash Mouth style of wrestling. Lita and Steph had a very well-received exchange, sloppy at best, but well-received. Lita takes a hell of a pedigree as well. Like properly took that, and then Angle and Steph hugging at the end. The double standards of that. We're just, just beautiful. Just just beautiful. We're heading to a collision course between Triple H and Kurt Angle, and I am all for it at this point. Yeah. Not a lot to
1: talk about there. It's just it was all storyline driven. I'm sure people there going, we want tables. But I'm like,
2: <laughs>
1: We're saving it. We're tease edging it, our way it. to the bigger table. mm mm-hmm. across Her, Her going through a table would have made no sense whatsoever. So and that go. was SmackDown. What a lovely little event with an insanely hot crowd, even more loud than it would have been now that we're in the period of uh, no heat. Other than, yay, Shane or Mac, Shane or Mac, yay. Uh, what
2: what was something that you remembered from this episode? I remembered Kane going through the stage. I remember that being quite a cool spot to watch. Not not the not the uh, not the video game. I remember it being a really cool spot to watch on on the show. It looked like, and and it's all in it's all in the the shooting of this. It just looked like Kane was choke slammed into oblivion, and like Shane and, and no, top, I didn't mention this when we got to it, but top marks to Shane for for the this the facial expressions as he's looking down, as if mm. like he can't believe what Big Show's done. That was really cool. I liked that bit. What did you remember? I remember the rock and the heat,
1: and the camera shaking. Like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park is approaching. (laughs) Just insane. I remember the Kevin Kelly promo with the tooth blacked out. Just The Rock in general. My God, he was good. I would heat his chef boy, RD any day. (laughs) But importantly, Tom, what was something that you had
2: forgotten? I forgot about Victoria's understated debut at this show. I totally forgot until I was watching it. And then lo and behold, like you blink twice. Oh, it's, it's Victoria. As, as as she would become known as the as the head hoe. You're as, a hoe. Uh, excuse me, I'm head hoe. I'll have you know I'm the head hoe. So watch it, mister. If you're not paying my bills, don't pay her mind. So I, I forgot about Victoria's, as you said, understated debut in this show as the head hoe. She'll go on to become a multi-time women's champion and at a first ballot Hall of Famer for the WWE, no doubt. Uh, how about you, sir? What did you forget? I'd forgotten Taz and Venus getting squished. Mm, That was quite a battering, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I was wondering to see if there's any more drama from the Observer, but it turns out, no. No, they just got scrubbed. That's it? Just on this occasion? I'm I'm looking forward, in fact. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward, in fact, to seeing what happens next week.
2: Well, we'll find out next week, won't we? When we That's gather right, back Tom, once we again. Will. Thank you for picking that up. Providing that I don't get a horrendous headache in the next seven days, which I hopefully won't, because that'd be a worry. Until we are together once again, he is at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cold on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <sighs> this episode's been nearly two hours long. <laughs> very sorry about that i'm not even sorry (laughs) love you bye